make us i'm jake i'm tracy and we are seeing Val today uh, which is totally fine we told you that this was going to happen this year that there were going to be times where it was only going to be a couple of us because it's summer and and things are happening so yep yep we, absolutely we miss you val we uh wish you all the best and we'll have her back next week it'll mm -hmm. be it'll be fine in the meantime you have to put up with us yeah in the in the meantime you're stuck with us i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> but we've got a we've got a good movie to talk about, so that'll help. We do. This is it's 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 kind of funny. We are ending our reunited and it feels so good month by only having two of us here and we're recording remotely, but it's <laughs> it's fine, you know. Um the time of COVID is a weird time, so you know it is. And this is this is less today, it's less COVID related and more just what's going on just locally it's a local holiday plus it's my holiday birthday, and it was just easier to oh, do this remote, get, which get number it knocked out uh number six number six is birthday happy birthday buddy yeah and we'll talk oh. about him because because he watched this movie with me and he had some input and so i'll share that as we go along today Bye. so uh but yeah we are talking muppets take manhattan but before we dive into that tracy you had an opportunity to see something that I know you're very excited about and yeah. you're, you've anticipated this for a long time. <laughs> so I got to see, um, I went to an IMAX screening and we got to see the first 10 minutes of the movie Dune that's coming out later this year um, based on the incredibly influential and famous book by Frank Herbert. Um, not only did we see the first 10 minutes, we saw two additional scenes from the movie um, we got a behind the scenes where they talked about the making of the film and then we got the trailer. So it was about 40 minutes, 30 to 40 minutes of, uh, all new footage that had not been released. The trailer that we saw is now online and we can link to it, um, up on our website and on Facebook. Um, but man, Jake, I'm telling you, you being a fan of Lord of the Rings, this <laughs> This puts, from what I saw, this is the first time that I felt that kind of epic scale since the Lord of the Rings. Like, just in terms of the epic story and the epic sets, um, this thing looks incredible. Yeah, it's interesting that you uh, compare it to Lord of the Rings because that's the comparison, um, the anticipation that I've seen kind of online all over the mm -hmm. place is comparing this to Lord of the, Lord of the Rings, um, which a lot of fans of Lord of the Rings take that very personally because, you know, I get that. There are a lot of super fans that Lord of the Rings is this like holy trilogy of movies that are untouchable <laughs> and you can never, and my feeling is this, I would love to see Dune be just as epic and just as great as Lord of the Rings, because if they can do that great and epic, then they can do other titles and properties great and epic. And they can see mm -hmm. that there's, um, a market there and so i i have no problem with it being as good as lord of the rings and as high quality as lord of the rings and so that's exciting that's high high praise i'll be yeah. honest i i'm not familiar with the dune story very much i uh, i'll tell you it is it's kind of the seminal basis for the hero's journey mm -hmm. um star wars is heavily based on dune a mm -hmm. lot of movies are heavily based on dune so you've got a, a young guy 
um, named Paul, whose family has been charged with taking over the planet Arrakis, which is also called Dune. Um, it, the, on the planet, there is a uh, material called spice, and it, it makes interstellar travel possible. Um, it also has incredible health benefits, like you get super strong and you can get some mental abilities and stuff like that. And Paul finds out that he's kind of the chosen one. He's the one that uh, is going to become the intergalactic hero, if you will. And um, I mean, if you, if you watch the trailer and, and that only gives you just a sense of it, um, of how big this movie is. And that's one of the things that the actors talked about in the behind the scenes is just the size of the sets. And they did a lot of it practically. Um, they shot all over the world to get really unique um, vistas. Um, it kind of, it kind of reminds me of, um, oh, I, uh, brain's killing me this morning, but um, just, just epic, epic, epic um, film. And the thing too, is I saw this on the IMAX screen and I am so glad that Warner Brothers did not decide to release this on HBO Max at the beginning of the year when it was mm -hmm. supposed to come out because this movie definitely needs to be seen on the big screen. There are some movies you don't need to see it on the big screen. Barb and Star go to Rio Del Mar or whatever that was. Right. Um, you know, it doesn't necessarily need to be on an IMAX screen, but this was filmed for IMAX. I would suggest seeing it on an IMAX screen. I had goosebumps after watching it. I was already excited about it, but now I just, I, I can't wait. Yeah. It's been interesting because Warner brothers made that announcement last year that all of their movies were going to be on HBO max the same time that they're out in theaters. And then pretty shortly after that, they were like, well, except Dune, we're not going to do that with you. <laughs> and, and it was an interesting thing because I think similar to black widow, I think Warner brothers has a lot of confidence in this movie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, and maybe even more because Disney was like, yeah, we'll put it out in theaters and, and we'll make it available, but you got to pay $30 extra for black widow because they were confident that it was good enough that people were going to go out and it was going to draw them to the theater. And, and they were right. I think that Dune's going to be the same thing. And Warner brothers is even more confident mm -hmm. by saying, yeah, we're going to put it in theaters and no, you can't watch it on HBO max. You've got to go pay to see it. So yeah, they're, they're talking Oscar buzz. Um, I, and I could see it. And, and this, this crazy thing is, is that this is only half the story. Um, this yeah. is an epic story in book that instead of trying to cram everything into one and kind of making it muddled, they're splitting it in half. So when Warner brothers made that announcement, legendary pictures, and the, the thing was Warner brothers got a lot of pushback from mm -hmm. their filmmakers. Cause they're like, you didn't tell us that you were going to do this. And legendary pictures um, went to Warner brothers and basically said, well, you know, we've made half of a movie. So I don't know if you don't treat us well, maybe we won't make the second half. <laughs> and then Warner Brothers is like, okay, we made a mistake. Yeah. And and honestly, like you said, there are plenty of the movies that have come out. Like, for example, you, you mentioned Barb and Star. Space Jam is another one that mm -hmm. you don't have to see it on the big screen. Honestly, unless you've got kids or you're really wanting to watch Space Jam, you don't need to see it on a little screen either. Like, it's not it's not a great movie. Uh -huh. it was fun it was what you expected it to be and so um and my kids enjoyed it but that's, that's what matters yeah yeah but the thing is is they're going to be just as fine watching it at home as they would on the big screen and yeah this one works. see it on a big screen um the other thing that was really interesting too is they had some um comments from Hans Zimmer 
who mm-hmm. came on board. And Hans Zimmer was a huge Dune fan. And so he said he was nervous taking this on because he's like, I don't want to be part of something that screws up this story. And after meeting with the director, um, same guy who did Blade Runner 2049, um, did Arrival um, with Amy Adams. Um, anyway, he said once they started talking and they realized that they were on the same wavelength, Hans Zimmer got super excited. And this was so funny. He said, I grew up watching all these movies where we'd go to different planets and we'd go to different galaxies and the music would have strings and horns. And he thought, wow, they have the same instruments as we do on earth. (laughs) And so he decided to go in a completely different route for this one. And you kind of get a hint of it in the trailer and Mm -hmm. Warner brothers was released two of the songs online, but he used a lot of vocals, especially female vocals because females play a big role in this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of drums, a lot of rhythmic tribal um, percussive sounds. So I think the soundtrack is going to be really, really something to, to pay attention to too. Well, yeah, it's not like Hans Zimmer is some, I mean, he's, he's a well-known music, music uh, score. Mm -hmm. Wow. Your, whatever going on with your brain is now transferred over to me. (laughs) He's a very well-known movie music uh, score. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, he's right up there. Like I know everybody like John Williams is the household name that everybody knows, but, but then there's kind of that second tier which really is top tier because John Williams <laughs> is just in a class. He's in a whole other level. But but that that top tier just below John Williams, I think Hans Zimmer is in there with with the likes of like a Howard Shore or mm-hmm. a, um, oh my gosh, <laughs> Annie Elfman. Uh huh. Louise, I am struggling today. Yeah. We'll get through this. We're gonna get through this. It'll be fine. Yeah, it's a holiday. What are you gonna do? Um, but Howard Shore, yeah, I mean, like he he did some interesting stuff, like on the Dark Knight, um, mm-hmm. where he composed, and that whole beginning scene where the Joker is robbing the bank, and it just has this high pitched. They basically took a, a, a string bow and ran it down a piano wire, mm-hmm. and it goes on for like five minutes, and then it's like the rhythm is like pencils tapping on a desk. You know, he does very very weird, interesting things. So yeah. Well, maybe that would be something that would be interesting to to do as kind of a staff picks is do from our fam- favorite uh, film music composers. And we'd have to eliminate John Williams. I mean, we would yes. just have to because yes. everybody I think everybody's familiar with John Williams. And I think it would be great to to look at some of the ones that we really enjoy and see some of the stuff that they've done, because you'd be surprised how often you're like, I like this movie and this movie and they're completely different. But what really ties them together is the the score and you realize mm-hmm. okay maybe that's part of what drives me to this movie or why i enjoyed it so i think that would right. be interesting yeah i like that um, i like that idea when when does doom come out i i know it's uh, november soon-ish. hang on i'll give you the exact date that's a lot less soonish than i thought and it's been done like it was ready to go last year but was held back for covid oh excuse me october 22nd okay so not that far away a couple months yeah, just a just a few months now. So you know, three three uh, months. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, I'm excited to see it. Um, like I said, it I I have tried to get into Dune. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what has killed it for me recently is I tried to listen to the audiobook on Audible, and it's one of these where they've got a full cast of people doing it. Oh and that's probably my least favorite kind of audiobook because I like to have 
I don't mind a couple of narrators because a lot of the big epic books that I read, a lot of the Brandon Sanderson or Robert Jordan, they have a couple of narrators because it's just so much. Mm -hmm. I don't mind that. But when it's a full cast, it to me, it gets kind of distracting. And so I had a hard time with, with the audiobook. But I, from what I've heard and what I know of it, it sounds really cool. And I'm kind of tempted to wait to try to dig deeper into it until the movie comes out so that yeah. I can kind of experience the story uh, this time yeah, in that yeah. way, you know? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, yeah, it, and, and if if you have seen any kind of epic movie um, over the last... 40 years uh you'll you'll understand dune like and it's interesting yeah. because there's there's a lot there's a lot in the book there's a lot of political there's a lot of world building um but one of the interesting things is in this 10 minutes that we saw um zendaya who um we've discussed in other some of our spider-man films and stuff um she kind of narrates and sets up a lot of the the basic building so that you kind of get some information right out of the way uh, right mm -hmm. at the start. So I'm excited. Yeah, it it should be really good. Dune is, in my opinion, and this is why I've tried to read the book, because I, I feel like Dune is kind of in that same category as Lord of the Rings, where it was one of the early yeah. books like this, and it it kind of set the standard for everything that came after. So, uh, I mean, I don't want to say it like established sci-fi, because you can't dismiss right. Isaac Osborne. But it's, it's a seminal class. It's 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 a class. Yeah. Yeah. But this took a lot of um, aspects from fantasy and threw it into a sci-fi kind of setting, which is mm -hmm. what Star Wars is. And that's why it's hard to classify Star Wars as purely sci-fi because it's right. not. It's got a lot of fantasy elements. And I think Dune is similar to that. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. very exciting. I'm, I'm excited for it. Um, I can't wait. It's it's one that we probably ought to figure out a way for the three of us to see it together. Most um, definitely. And we, we, we have plans that if they come together, we'll be very great when this movie comes out for an, what could be a fantastic episode. So yes. we can't yes. say more than that right now, but down the road, we will announce more information on it. Fun stuff planned. Cool. Yes. So, uh, so let's talk Muppets. Let's talk Muppets. So here's the thing with Muppet movies. The first mm -hmm. Muppet movie is a classic. Right. 100% great movie. Some of the sequels and, and and they're and they're sequels in a very loose way. Right. They don't necessarily continue the story. Um but some of the other Muppet movies are kind of hit and miss. This might be my favorite outside of the original Muppets movie. I agree with that. Um the other the other one that I would kind of compare is the Muppets that came out with Jason Segel and Amy Adams. Yeah. yeah. That one I would put on the same level, but this one to me is I like this one better than the great Muppet caper. Yeah. Which a lot of people kind of see as their second favorite Muppets take Manhattan kind of gets a uh, forgotten. And it's interesting because it's not on Disney plus, which was frustrating. Yeah. That was, that was the first thing that uh, I noticed when I tried to watch it is, like, but, but it's like, wait, which one are we watching? Cause it's not here. <laughs> <laughs> so we just, bought it and it was fine, but it, right, I mean, it was right. expensive. So, uh, and it's well worth, the investment, I think it was like $13 on, on iTunes and you can rent it for four. Uh, yeah. So it's not, it's not horribly expensive. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it wasn't on, on Disney plus, which is interesting. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it, if there was some kind of licensing issue. I know some of the Muppet um, TV shows, like some of the TV episodes, mm -hmm. they had some licensing issues. 
Um, I don't know if it's because Frank Oz directed it. I wouldn't think so, but yeah, I, I'm not sure why, but that really surprised me. Yeah, and and I was glad when I saw that Frank Oz was directing this one because I, I've liked some other movies that he's directed. Uh, and he has directed quite a, an interesting mix of movies because I looked it up. I'm like, I know we talked about some Frank Oz movies before. And it was, mm -hmm. uh, What About Bob was the one that we've talked about right. on the show. Uh, I'm just going to pull them up here. But um, there were a couple that stood out to me. And now I can't remember which ones they were as I looked at the list. But well, well, you check the list. I'll tell you, one of my favorites is the score. Um, it's got Robert De Niro. Mm -hmm. um, it's got um, Edward Norton. Um, and that one, that one's a really cool uh, heist movie. So they're trying to, to steal something out of a safe. And that one's got some very cool stuff in it. Yeah. The one that stood out to me that I thought was really interesting um, that I had totally forgotten uh, was the um, maybe he didn't direct it. I thought he did the in and of itself. I thought he was involved in that. This is still showing me after. I think he was actually. I think he directed it to be honest. So let's see. I don't know. Director. Yeah, actually, I kind of think he did. That was a really good show. I think he was involved with it somehow because I know I looked it up and I was like, what the? But yeah, he's an interesting director because he does more than just the Muppets. But, um, and I got to say too, it was so nice to hear the original Kermit's voice again. You know, to hear Jim Henson's Kermit was just so, so nice. They had a new guy and I can't remember his name um, who worked on the Muppets with Jason Siegel and Amy Adams and had been mm -hmm. doing some of the TV commercials and stuff like that. And then Disney or, or, or Henson Studios or somebody um, had an issue with him. And so they fired him and they've hired a new guy. And so if you saw Muppets Most Wanted or mm -hmm. any of the Muppets since then, they have a new guy. And it just doesn't sound like Kermit to me. It, it throws yeah. me off. It's hard. The, 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 the new Muppets series that came out on, I think it was on Disney Plus. Um, yeah, the Muppets Now Muppets or whatever. Tonight, or Muppets Now, yeah. yeah. That one, it, it just it has this guy and he just doesn't nail Kermit for me. So it's frustrating. One of the frustrating things um, just in general with the Muppets slash Disney relationship is that mm -hmm. Disney has really seemed to struggle with what the Muppets are and right. what to do with them. Mm -hmm. Because, and part of it, I mean, we're, we're both big Disney fans and this is probably one of my biggest frustrations with anything that Disney has purchased and done because Disney is very formulaic. They have in their minds mm -hmm. where a, a property is going to fit who the audience is and how to market it to that audience. Right. And for whatever reason, they cannot get a grasp on the Muppet audience and who they are. Mm -hmm. um, look at, they, you know, they've, they've done incredible things with Marvel and they've hit it out of the park with that. They've done I think really good things with star Wars. I know that they're mm -hmm. feel very differently about that, but by and large, they know, okay, this is a kid's movie. We're going to market it to kids and this is how we're going to do it. And they even break it down into this is for boys and this is for girls. And that's becoming less and less as, as things are um, changing as far mm -hmm. as how we view uh, what boys and girls like, you know what I mean? But right. uh -huh. when I was a kid, it was very clear that like, <laughs> and, and I, and even yeah. as a teenager, Tarzan was a boys movie and Pocahontas mm -hmm. was a girls movie. And, mm -hmm. um, 
And Disney, that's how they market, but they have really struggled figuring out, are the Muppets a family property? Are they a kid's property? Are they, mm-hmm. you know, and, and really trying to figure out where they fit. And I think that that's been interesting to watch because a lot of the stuff that they've tried to do with them, you can tell, like, they just don't know. I mean, there's the Muppets right. Now series that was on Disney Plus, but before that, there was the sitcom the, that they tried the to office, do that was like office style. Oh, yeah. it was and terrible. It was just not good. Uh-uh. Because then they're like, okay, well, we'll make it more grown up. Okay, well, we don't want it super grown up. We just want to see the Muppets interacting with real people in the real world. Like, that's the way it's supposed to be. Because that's what you see in Muppets Take Manhattan. That's what you see mm-hmm. uh, in the Muppets. Like they don't stand. Nobody questions that they're Muppets, right? <laughs> totally well, and you, fine. you watch you watch some of the Muppet Show episodes, and they are the the Mark Hamill one is great. Alice Cooper, the mm-hmm. Alice Cooper episode is hilarious. Um, I think, and it's it worries me that we're going to lose the Muppets because we're not introducing it to new generations unless the parents are showing the kids but disney's yeah, not doing anything to help promote it to a new audience really no they're they're i mean it's just been so minimal mm-hmm. um, and i think you're right i think you know we're kind of at the younger end of the age bracket of people that are going to be like i grew up with the muppets you know right. and right but i mean yeah. we can still try to we can still try to pass it down as best we can and that's kind of you know what I did with with my youngest he wanted to watch this with me and I was like yeah sure watch a Muppets movie and and all he knows about the Muppets is Disney does have a new uh Muppet Babies series oh okay so he's, he's watched that um and so he knows Fozzie Bear and he knows Kermit the Frog uh he knows that Fozzie Bear says waka waka and like things like that just from watching that series uh-huh um and so but that's all he really knows. And so he doesn't know the movies as much. And so we're trying to kind of bring that, you know, bring him into that a little bit. And it was, it was kind of funny because he did talk about the Muppet babies and he was so excited because in this movie, there's kind of a flashback to when they're in the nursery and they are the babies and they, but they're in puppet form. Right. And he thought that was really cool because that's how he knows the Muppets. And so for him, he was like, Oh, that's awesome. I Uh, love that. The other thing that he really, really loved, and it was just kind of a fun moment, is as we were starting to watch it, he asked my wife, he's like, well, where's Grover and like Big Bird? And and she was like, well, those aren't really, I mean, they're they're like Muppets, but they're not really the Muppets. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, but they're in the same world. And he's like, I don't know that they really are. And so then at the end in the wedding scene, when all of the Sesame Street characters are there, he's like, see, I told you they're in the same world. And he was like totally vindicated. Like he knew... <laughs> that we were wrong and we're like well we can't really argue with them they're right there so, <laughs> so that there kind of made the, his day the wedding of kermit and miss piggy i mean you know <laughs> i told yeah. you i told you <laughs> um, but, oh that's delightful but he enjoyed the movie really mm-hmm. and i think that that's what the muppets you know when we talk about things like Pixar where we we say this is a a kids movie that adults really enjoy right and I think the Muppets were kind of one of the first Mm -hmm. properties to really go there and say hey we're we're going to be something that you can come and it's not going to be offensive and your kids are going to enjoy it 
but you're going to enjoy it too. Cause we're going to bring that humor just right up to the level where um, you're going to get some stuff that the kids aren't going to get, but, mm-hmm. but it's still going to be enjoyable for everybody. And I don't know, Jim Henson and Frank Oz, they really got it. And they did. There's this, there's a sweet spot that they just, they just nail. And I, the thing too, is they when with the new, uh, some of the newer Muppets, they tried to like, modernize them and make them hip and the Muppets aren't hip. The Muppets are just the Muppets. Um, And and it's like you said, you don't have to do anything else except have these characters interacting with live people. And the results are usually pretty good. If you, if you just stay out of the way, you don't have to add stuff to them. You don't have to twist them up. You don't have to reinvent Muppets. Yeah. Well, and and they get into these adventures and, and this story is just so funny to me like the, just the whole concept of what this story is because we're, we're talking about this for reunited and it feels so good month mm-hmm. um, when the movie starts they're all together they're graduating college right they're big which is awesome and their big senior project is this big play that they've put on and everybody loves it standing ovation standing ovation so they convince themselves that really what they need to do is take this play to broadway and it's going to be a big hit because I know when I've looked at my senior project from school, uh, granted it was a history project and not a musical production. I know mm-hmm. I looked at it and said, well, this is ready to be published in some major journal. Like that's kind of how college goes. <laughs> but but that was their thought. <laughs> and I'll be honest, I thought this was going to go, because it, it's been a long time since I've seen it. And I, right. uh, I thought this was going to go very similar to the Muppets movie where they get to Hollywood and it's like, okay, here's your movie contract and your big deal and everything. Mm -hmm. Because when they get to New York, they immediately meet with a a producer and he's going to sign them up. Dabney Coleman. Yeah. He's going to put them on Broadway tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. He's ready to do it. All he needs is $300 from each of them and he's ready to do it. And I'm like, wait, this sounds a lot like that mall deal that they keep telling me about to model. Like I just have to pay for the headshots and then they're going to get me a modeling gig. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's exactly what that is. I don't know. Does that still happen in malls today? I don't it know does. that it really happens. It, no, it does really it? does. I'm, I'm okay. with some filmmakers groups on Facebook and all the time people are like, okay, this agency's trying to pull this stunt, watch out and trying to kind of educate and warn each other and then there's like especially with the actors with the models and the headshots that's a that's a big thing you pay for the photo shoot you pay for the entrance fee into the agency and then they'll get you all sorts of work and they never really do yeah of course not i mean they just mm-hmm. yeah uh but that's basically what this guy's trying to pull like yeah just pay me 300 dollars each and we'll get you on two weeks from now and of course <laughs> in the middle of this is is when the police show up and it's all you need is two weeks to put on a broadway show well, okay, the time frame doesn't change when they find a real producer, though. <laughs> like, at the end of the movie, that's still the time frame that they get. Yep. And I, I just don't think that, that it's doable. And especially if your star scene, isn't even part of the production until the night of. Right. But that, that scene with Dabney Coleman playing the sleazy Broadway producer, I love it. when And we talked about how they, like, you get real reactions and real... Um, emotions from these human actors with these with these felt characters, and when mm-hmm. he grabs Camilla, and her yes. little wings are flapping and her legs are kicking, like the details that they get are so great. And then Gonzo's like, "Don't take her, take me." <laughs> and he's like, "Whatever you say, pal." And he grabs him by, grabs the, him by nose. the nose. 
It, it is a great scene. He would grab Gonzo by the nose. He's got kind yeah, of. Yeah, so it's right there. He's yeah. <laughs> um, well, and I love whenever they talk about Gonzo in this because it's like, yeah, it's a Broadway show with pigs and chickens and bears and whatevers. <laughs> <laughs> He's always just the whatever because what is Gonzo? Well, um, again, later in that scene, you've got Camilla like biting his ear. And yes. you kind of believe that it looks like she's actually going to town on that ear. I mean, just the puppetry is just incredible. The puppetry is incredible. And and to get actors like Adamney Coleman to play it the way that, that they do, it's just incredible. Because it is hard to, to buy that kind of... I mean, okay, this isn't mm -hmm. a touching moment, but the, just his reactions and everything. So it's hard to sell that unless you've got actors who are willing to go all out for it. And he, right, right. And they do again and again in these movies. And this this scene is definitely an example of that. And I love, I mean, it's just it's just hilarious. And it's a great way to kind of kick off the movie and let yeah. you know it's going to be a little bit different, you know, because I thought, I was like, oh, this is like them getting to LA all over again and they're going to get the big show and it's not a problem. But I kept thinking, okay, they're still together. When are we going to get the reunited part? Cause they've got to separate. And uh, they kind of do when Kermit kind of throws his temper tantrum about like, why am I always the one that's in charge? Why do I have to do everything? Why do you guys have to follow me? And they're like, okay, I guess we'll all just go away then. And they do. We'll, we'll take away all the pressure on Kermit. Cause, and it's true. They, they almost always in all the TV shows and stuff, they rely on Kermit to guide them and to make the decisions um mm -hmm. they're living they're living out of lockers <laughs> yes i love that <laughs> scooter well, break out the quarters <laughs> well, and the way they set that up too is like okay well we've got to find a place to sleep and a place to store our stuff all right scooter break out the quarters and so you're thinking okay lockers that's where they're going to store their stuff and then <laughs> the next scene is them all sleeping in the lockers <laughs> and like, and then okay, it has, apparently it was both it has one of my favorite lines from the movie with Janet where she's like, I'll trade anybody for a jacuzzi. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a weird random line, but I love it. Well, and and you really have to be impressed by whatever college they went to for being so open-minded to accept so many, yeah. you know, pigs and dogs and and whatevers. There is um, there is diversity in the Muppets yeah, for sure. Muppets, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I love i love when they break apart and you kind uh -huh. of see them all i think the way that they did this was really really well done because really this is kermit's journey and him trying to figure out that really together as a team they're great um and maybe he puts too much pressure on himself and whatever but but together they're going to be better than they are apart and he needs to figure that out and so it's really about him. So you don't want to spend a whole lot of time with each of the different Muppets in their settings. And so they do it through these letters where they're basically lying to Kermit about how great things are going. And you get to see them in their kind of separate lives. You get to see Rolf who's running some kind of um, kennel, kennel basically mm -hmm. uh, because what else is he going to manage? <laughs> <laughs> You've got scooter managing, managing, a movie theater right. where they're showing killer fish in 3D. Yes, and uh, you've got the boomerang fish guy that comes into play there, which is a great scene. But they're everybody's watching the movie, and the fish are supposed to be jumping out, and he's throwing them in there, and so they're getting hit with real real fish. 
And I thought, that's how I want to see Sharknado. Yes. Just have this guy come in the theater and throw. You've got to have that 4D. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You got to have that extra experience, that extra sensory. I I Um, love, um, I love Gonzo's letter where he's with Camilla and the, they're, they're doing, um, Oh crap. What's the, they do the, the William tell overture, but like Tony Bennett, they're doing a Tony Bennett version of the William tell overture. (laughs) So great. And I love, I love Fozzie's. He's just up hibernating with the bears. You know, just hanging out with the He's got insomnia he <laughs> and he can't get to sleep. <laughs> you know, and it's it's that subtle humor. It's those little things that just work so well with, with these characters. Yeah. And Miss Piggy, who tries to work the makeup counter at some fancy <laughs> store with Joan Rivers. Yeah, Joan Rivers. A Joan bunch Rivers, younger Joan Rivers, know. obviously. And um, which I think this is great because I think I was at the age when Joan Rivers was really old. Like that's how oh. I remember Joan Rivers is very old. Um, this is a great glimpse at her a little bit younger. And a, a lot of the comedic timing that she had and, and comedic ability that she had that we don't always remember because, you know, toward the end she was doing her kind of talk show entertainment kind of stuff. And right. right. And you don't, you don't know how great an actress she was, a comedic actress. And so mm-hmm. you get to see her interacting with Miss Piggy and they basically are goofing off enough that the manager just fires them because they're just plastering each other with this makeup. And- you need some rouge. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of get the feeling like a lot of that scene was um, improv between Joan Rivers and Frank Oz. Yeah, I think It has so. this kind of this snappy back and forth. I kind of get the feeling that that was partially improv and when she's like you put lipstick on and pucker up you know and he's like mm, and then just yeah the timing of it is just so great and i love the idea you know we always have the thing about putting lipstick on a pig and now yep. they're actually doing it <laughs> but she's trying to cheer up miss piggy because miss piggy saw jenny from the restaurant where kermit works who is just a friend um, mm-hmm. give him a hug. But of course, Miss Piggy goes into fits of rage every time because she's spying on them because she didn't, she couldn't bear to leave Kermit behind. And yeah. so she's spying on them. But every time she sees any kind of interaction with Jenny and Kermit, she freaks out. I love the scene at the um, construction site. Yes. And she's spying on Kermit and Jenny. And then you have the construction workers and they're like, ooh, baby. <laughs> they're yeah. catcalling her. <laughs> they're catcalling her, which obviously you know is awful it's awful but it's so funny because she just ignores him but then she takes the pipe when she sees jenny and kermit hugging and she just starts bashing all the construction site and all the construction guys are like okay yeah yeah they're like never mind but i love that every time she does the reaction is just like oh well we live in new york that's you know those are just sounds that you hear like that's totally normal when when uh, when she's spying on them from the apartment and uh, she has the blinds closed, you just hear her breaking stuff and screaming. And Kermit's like, that's been happening a lot lately. Yeah. <laughs> she's not a very good spy. Like, not a very good private investigator. Miss Piggy does not do undercover very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, lo- I love the scene where he goes in to get the job from the guy. And Jane's like, oh, I'm sure that 
that he'll give you a job like no problem and so they go in and then that's when Rizzo shows up with all of his family and all the rats want a job too and it's like wait is there nothing left for me sorry sorry I- I love the fact that this is the introduction of Muppet Babies. Yeah. And this is an introduction to Rizzo the Rat, who um, is still a major character today. But he was new to this film. Oh, really? Um, yeah, this was this was his debut. This was his big, big thing. I loved I when I, I so I was nine when this movie came out. So I okay. the Muppet movie is the first movie along with Star Wars that I remember seeing in the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember being so scared when Kermit's bike gets flattened by the cement roller. Yeah. Um, like I was so worried and then Kermit's okay. I'm like, okay. So I really grew up with the Muppets. And so seeing this when I was like nine, I fell in love. My favorite scene growing up was the scene with the rats in the kitchen mm-hmm. because I just thought that that was so funny and so clever. And I love that they have the, the way it, and it's like Ratatouille pre Ratatouille, but just the clever way that they do stuff. So like in order to, to butter up the griddle, the, the rat has butter, you know, butter pads strapped to his feet and he's basically ice skating on the griddle. You know? Yeah. You just got to time that just right though. Cause once that butter's gone, you don't want to be on the griddle. Anymore. You got to get off. You got to be able to get, get off. off. Yeah. But, but they're nimble. I'm sure they, they were able yeah. to manage it. How's yeah, the I, coffee? And the rat pops his head out and he's been underneath the water. He's like, it's great. Come on in. Well, and I love I love when they go into the restaurant the first time and Rizzo comes over because he's working for tips, right? And he right. and they mention, like, oh yeah, we don't have any money. He's like, not my table, and like walks away and just <laughs> like, no. Well, we don't, don't have any money. That's all I need to know. Yeah, I I really like the Rizzo the Rat character, and I, I did not know that this was his first appearance, and so that makes me like this movie even more because uh, especially I, I love his interactions with Gonzo in I'm Up at Christmas Carol because they've just got great timing together and do a great job yeah. narrating that story. And so uh, that, that makes me like this movie even more that <laughs> this is kind of his debut. So Well, I love the fact, too, where he's like, Okay, guys, this is our big break. Don't mess it up. <laughs> he just brings all the rats in the kitchen, and poor uh, Pete, the the yeah. Greek the Greek owner, is like, "I've got rats in kitchen. I've got pigs as waitress. I've got frog doing dishes. This isn't a coffee shop. This is a zoo." <laughs> he he's hilarious too because he there are moments where he kind of stops to like give advice Mm -hmm. and he ends up giving such a jumbled mess of like whatever that you're like i don't know if that's brilliant (laughs) or just silly and ridiculous and then you think is that what it sounds like when anybody gives advice really is it just you don't know if it's brilliant or just ridiculous (laughs) i do love the line though people's is people's yeah people's that that one has stuck with me since i was a kid people's is people's yeah, and it doesn't matter if you're a frog or a bear or a person or a different race or a different gender. Peoples is peoples. Peoples is peoples. And peoples is not buildings. Peoples is art and love. And yeah, that that yeah. part I think yes does have some some real merit to it. But it is a jumble salad. Yeah, yeah. 
but but you love it. It's like endearing. It's it's right. really really good. <laughs> it, but this movie does have a lot going on in the story. Mm-hmm. Um, that maybe my only critique is like, how many different directions are we going to take the story? Because you've got them splitting up, and then you know they've got to come back together, and. Right. They come back together when Kermit meets the son of a big Broadway producer who he thinks is the big Broadway producer and finds out he's not, but he still wants to produce their show. So you finally get to this point. Okay, well, now we've got to get the gang all back together. Mm -hmm. And then he gets hit by a taxi. (laughs) I mean, this was more traumatic than the bike getting flattened because he actually did get hit by the taxi and he's just laying there in the street. And you're just. What if you notice his little feet? Just kind yes. of just gently quiver. <laughs> and I'm like, again, that the subtlety of the puppetry, you know, he's just laying there and his feet are, his legs are like a, a triangle and then his feet are on the ground and his feet just kind of lift up slightly. Like, yeah. it just, you could have just put Kermit on the ground and it would have been fine, but nope. they went this little extra effort, which I love. And that little extra effort makes all the difference to make you believe that the Muppets are real. And right. that's really, in these movies... You, you have to get the Muppets to the point where you don't see them as felt characters anymore, mm-hmm. but you see mm-hmm. them as real creatures and and real peoples. And I think that that's, those are the kind of things that, that really do that. Uh, uh, I tell you, I would, uh, so I've seen just a couple, they've only, re- they've only kind of bootlegged out a couple of um, behind the scenes moments, but in reading interviews with some of the actors who have worked with the Muppets in between takes, uh, the Muppets turn a little bit on the blue side, they become a little bit more mature Mm. and um, just are cracking up. Like the, the actors are saying like, these guys had me in stitches because I was laughing so hard at what these guys were doing in between takes. And I think that helps build up that camaraderie where you're not acting against a piece of felt with a guy underneath you. Um, you're acting to a character. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and to know that they kind of keep that up and cause I think, I think that happens a lot on, a, <laughs> on, on movies in general and family oh, yeah. films where in between takes, they're getting pretty blue and joking around and, and whatever. I, I think that's a fairly common thing, but to have them do it in character, I think does really build that up. So that you're like, oh, I'm not acting with Jim Henson or Frank Oz. I'm acting with Miss Piggy or Kermit. And that's from what I hear, they don't really get vulgar, but it does like they do it again subtly. Like they're not like all of a sudden just dropping F bombs, but they're making jokes that are like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Like Kermit should not be saying that right now. Well, and and as um I think a little behind the scenes, you know, I, I try to put myself out there as when, when you're doing a show, even a podcast or whatever, you're, I mean, this is pretty close to who I am in, in real life, but you also put, you're on stage a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I know that there's value in like, okay, I, I know I'm the clean cut, you know, pretty clean guy, but if I can occasionally get that little joke in there, it lands a lot better than if I'm doing it all the time. Yeah. It does. It does. And you got to do it the right way. And I think that I could see the Muppets being able to do that behind the scenes where it's like, you know, you just drop this little innuendo that, and you do it in a way that it just shocks everybody and it lands and the value is much better. 
the, the case in point, the bike in the trunk episode. Yeah. That one, I haven't laughed that hard in a long time. <laughs> but, it, but it lands because it of, does. Um, I don't normally, anyway. So that's a little behind the scenes that nobody needs to know, but there you go. Right, right. But, so, but uh, all yeah. Five so, of our listeners now know. So, so Kermit gets hit by a taxi and he, I love, he's in the hospital. And again, it's the little puppetry of when the nurse is checking him and she checks his feet and she's like, now this is going to hurt. And she like pulls his legs up over his head. I watched that and I thought, what is she checking? And then she's like, yep, you've got amnesia. <laughs> I, I i've had my fair share of visits to doctors and nurses and they've checked things out and even in my leg area they've checked but they've never done that <laughs> thankfully and then she's like twisting his arm and the felt's just getting all wrinkled and kermit's like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think at what point when when number six was watching that, he was uh-huh. like, "Yeah, he's like him. Don't have bones. <laughs> no, he obviously doesn't, because your arm would not be able to twist like that if you had bones." Uh, <laughs> number six is a bright kid. He's got a yeah. future. It, nothing gets by him. He doesn't miss anything. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Uh, but then we get we get new Muppet characters. We get Phil. Well, Kermit becomes Phil. Yeah. Um, but we get we meet Gil, Gil and Bill Jill. and Jill. Yeah. <laughs> they go to the restaurant and they're like, Do you want to order something off the grill? <laughs> no, Gil, the grill makes me ill. <laughs> I mean, it's just so silly. <laughs> there are some great moments though with with amnesia Kermit, where yes. uh, you know, I mean, number one when they find him. And they figure out that it's him. And well, no, number one, when he finds the advertising firm that is all frogs that that he accidentally fits right in with them because when right. they ask him his name, he's like, uh Phil. He sees he sees <laughs> filler up upon a sign, and so it becomes fill up. <laughs> yeah. And uh they're like, Oh, well, this is Gil, and I'm you know, and and so he gets into the advertising business. And he gets in because he has the brilliant idea of what if we just told people what it was that we were selling? Like for the, <laughs> no. why don't we just tell them that it's something that makes them clean? I, I've worked in marketing for quite a while now. And I love the scene where they're pitching him ideas. They're very excited about this. And they're like, ocean breeze soap for those that don't want to stink. <laughs> <laughs> tell us your honest opinion. And Kermit's like, I hate it. And they're like, Oh, you know, they're so disappointed. But ocean yeah. breeze to keep you clean or whatever the tag. Yeah, was. and it just—it's a big straightforward. And then, but what I love is that is the timing here. Okay, so they've got two weeks now since they've met right. the the Broadway producer. In between, in that two week time frame, this is mm-hmm. all that happens to Kermit in that two week time frame. He gets hit by a taxi, spends some time in the hospital at least overnight. You got to figure that's right. at least an overnight stay. Mm-hmm. Then they just let him go, which I don't know that hospitals do that if they have no idea where you're going and you have no idea where you're going. The hospital's like, well, there's nothing we can really do for you for your amnesia. Yeah, but you've got amnesia. It's, clothes. it's incurable. Here's some clothes. Good luck making your way in the world, having no idea who you are, where you live. Um, but that aside, 
he finds the advertising firm, starts working in the advertising firm, and somehow in the two-week time frame, he has done sales well enough there that it's going off the chart. In some presentation, you can see this chart going straight up, and I'm thinking, wow, that is a short amount of time to have that kind of impact on anything. Right. But Kermit's amazing. <laughs> And, well, and we, have any kind of measurable impact because at that point, how do you even know if it's the new marketing campaign that you're running? It hasn't even been out there long enough to put together. Enough. Anyway, this, this is why you can't overthink these right. kind of movies because when you do, you it starts to unravel very quickly. Yep. Yep. There's not a whole lot of uh, super planning, background planning on that one. Yeah. Um, but you got to think too. I mean, the Muppets, they're not out. They're not only out looking for Kermit but they're trying to do costumes and they're trying to do rehearsals and they're trying to build sets. They're putting together a whole Broadway show. <laughs> but was it Manhattan tunes or something. What was it? Manhattan, Manhattan melodies, Manhattan melodies. That's right. There was alliteration involved. Yes, 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 yes. Marketing genius like Kermit would have gotten an alliteration mm -hmm. involved. Yep. For sure. Uh, and I love this whole idea. I, I love the idea of there's something missing in the play. It's not ready to go. There's something missing. Um, and trying to figure out what that something is. And and everybody else thinks it's great, but he feels like there's something missing. And, mm -hmm. and he discovers what that is as he goes through the amnesia and then Piggy hits him in the face to get his memory back. Mainly because he flat out laughed at the idea of the two of them getting married, which the rest <laughs> of us have been doing behind their backs for years. But he did it to her face and that was oh, it. I guess you can bring home the bacon. <laughs> What are we supposed to do? Go whole hog? <laughs> and she's just getting progressively madder. And you can see it in the puppet's face. She's just oh, getting more and more upset. And then when he finally, he's like, ah, oh, the sounds of love. Sweet. <laughs> that was it. That's all she needed. And that was it. <laughs> and then all of a sudden his memory's back and he's, he's back to being Kermit. Yep. <laughs> On opening night, too just in time to get in his costume that somehow they had made for him without him being there for measurements and everything else. But it's again, you can't overthink it because it just worked <laughs> in the moment. Right. Um, and, and apparently what they were missing was all of the characters and puppets or excuse me, characters and Muppets that they met along the way needed yeah. to be added to the show. And then it was exactly what they needed for Manhattan melodies. more bears and more chickens and more, whatever's coming yep. together to make this show yeah and then they put it on which and then i'm pretty sure miss piggy tricked him into actually getting married <laughs> at the end like that's what happened. that's the case uh-huh yep yeah because gonzo was supposed to be the minister yeah but no she went and got a real minister and i think that was legally binding on stage i kind of <laughs> question the ethics and morals of the minister to be involved in something like that Maybe he didn't know. Miss Piggy didn't tell him. That could be. You know. But he and, might have known when Kermit kind of said something about, I thought Gonzo was going to be the fake minister. No. And Miss Piggy's like, ah, whoops. And then she just turns around and says nothing. Well, we're on stage. I mean, we got an audience. We can't back out now. <laughs> it is. Their relationship is one that's always been really funny to me because I think there's always that hesitancy on Kermit's part to, mm -hmm. to be fully committed to Miss Piggy. Um, 
for whatever reason, and probably because she's a lot. I mean, let's be honest, Miss Piggy yeah. is a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but Miss Piggy has always been a hundred percent like Kermit is the one, you know, he is her guy. Yep. Yeah. Lucky him. <laughs> I have to say, before we grade this though, the thing that I th- that I really love about the Muppets is is not only do you get the wacky humor. You've got, you know, the flying fish and you've got Gonzo trying to water ski through a flaming hoop and you've got all these things going on, but there's some incredible heart to it. And oh, sure. when the Muppets break up and they all go their separate ways and they sing the song saying goodbye, it's time for saying goodbye. That's just a heartbreaking yeah. song. And And when the characters are like hugging each other before they get on the bus and it's like, why is saying goodbye so hard? You know, it reminds you of all the good times that you had and all the things that you did together and they're not going to happen anymore. And, and, but be glad that they did happen. And it's just, it's poignant. It's super poignant. For sure. And, and the, and the fact that they can do that with these little felt characters and you feel that it's just, it's pretty incredible. Um, Jim Henson was an amazing individual and, Mm -hmm what he built with the Muppets is something special that I think we've seen cannot be duplicated or replicated. Um, and it, it stands on its own. Um, and you know, it, it just goes beyond having the right resources or anything else. He just had the talent and the dream and there was a magic. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a touch for him. Um, I think the Muppet Christmas Carol is is pretty close to these films and that one was that one was put together by his son that was the first one that his son directed after henson's death Mm -hmm. Uh, but the others like muppet treasure island is cute it's fun um muppets go to space is not really that great no um i did love the muppets though with with jason siegel and amy adams and there's some songs in that one that rival anything the Muppets had done before. So if you haven't checked that one out, that one's definitely worth, worth yeah. seeing. Sorry. I had so, should we grade on the side asking me something? Um, oh. Yes. Let's give it, let's give it a grade. Tracy, what do you grade Muppets take Manhattan? I'm going to go probably an A minus on this one. Um, okay. Even though it's short, even though it's like an hour and 45, there's a few parts that feel just a little bit long. There's a lot that happens in this story. But, um, I mean, when you've got cameos from Gregory Hines, that whole scene we didn't talk about, but the whole scene with Miss Piggy getting mugged in the park is just yes. delightful. The roller um, skates. But- <laughs> they make her roller skate. Like, that was just <laughs> awesome. The one, the, there's a couple of shots where you see Piggy going full speed um, roller skating. That was actually a, a person in a Miss Piggy costume. Yeah, I um, wondered if, you if look that's in the credits it says Miss Piggy double or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but they shot from a distance and they used a lens that tries to make her look uh Looker. you know yeah, smaller. smaller. There's nobody else, nobody else in the frame, so you have nothing to compare against. Um, yeah. but you've just got some great cameos. Gregory Hines, it's very 80s. It was made in 84, um, or is released in 84, so it was made even earlier. Um, but it's just got heart, it's got humor. Um, it, it, it's a little long in a couple of places, but man, this was a, this was a fun one to go back and revisit. Yeah. I, I had a lot of fun uh, watching it 
again for the first time in a long, long time. And watching it with uh, my son was a lot of fun. Um, I, I would probably give it a B plus. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I've got the same nostalgia. I've got some nostalgia glasses, yes. And I and I think that that's. I mean, the movies that we talk about on this show, I think that's a valid thing when when we include it in our grading because these are the movies that make us and and that matter to us. Um, but this is a, such a great family film, and mm-hmm. you know, it is definitely a product of the '80s in every way. But it's okay; it's endearing, and and all that stuff's making a comeback anyway. The '80s stuff is great mm-hmm. right now, so your kids will love it. So <laughs> sit down and watch this with them because it's just a fun movie, and honestly this isn't like a series of movies that you have to watch in any particular order because right. they are all self-contained stories. It's just, this is we're going to take Marvel these characters universe. and we're going to, yeah, it's not the Marvel cinematic universe. We're, we're just going to put these characters in this wacky, weird story and just tell the story that we want to tell. And it just works. And I think that's part of why it works because you don't have to think about it too hard and mm-hmm. you really shouldn't think about it too hard as we pointed out just a few minutes ago, but I, I would definitely give this a B plus just really enjoyable. This is the Muppets at their best um, interacting with people in the real world in New York. It's just, I mean, and it is New York in the eighties. <laughs> they even got Ed Koch, the mayor of New York at the time to make it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, this is really good. I would definitely recommend it. It is unfortunately not on Disney plus. So you will have to find it a different way. But um, it's but, like you said, iTunes, I got it through Fandango, um, Voodoo had it. I mean, there's a lot of places that you can, you can pick this one up. It was three, three ninety nine to watch it in HD. Um, uh, it was twelve ninety nine to buy. So it, very inexpensive for a really fun time that you'll have with your family, even with yourself. If you're a Muppets fan and you haven't seen this for a while, this is definitely one to go back and check out. And if you're not a Muppets fan and, you've kind of tried to get into it with some of the newer stuff and you don't quite right. get the appeal. Watch this movie and you'll get it. Mm-hmm. I think, or at least a better flavor and a better feel for it. Yes. So, back when it was hitting on all cylinders. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there you go. There there's Muppets take Manhattan next month. We'll be back with something new uh, next month, meaning next week, because this is the end of this month when this episode comes out. Um, but we will be back with something new and exciting. Um, we really appreciate your support. We've gained a lot of followers on social yes. media over the last little while. Uh, and we really appreciate that. We hope that, uh, you enjoy what you see and you keep coming back and share us with your friends. Um, you can follow us in all the places we are on Facebook. We are on Instagram at movies that make us, and we are on Twitter at movies, make us make sure you go and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We have our own URL now. We do. It's easy to find now. It is youtube.com slash movies that make us uh, super easy to find and share. And we're very excited about that. So thank you those that have subscribed and have helped us get to that point. Um, if you're just finding us subscribe, mark that little bell. So you get notifications when a new video comes out every Monday morning. So thank you so much. And uh, until next time, we won't see you at the movies. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.